before I show you uh, what is just, ugh, just incredible. Finally, finally, Bernie's taken off the gloves. Wonderful graphic by our Colin Tooley. Uh, before we get to that, I want to remind you here what's at stake. You know, the corporate media only really covers Trump in terms of impeachment, uh, the Russian boogeyman, and things like that. They don't particularly like to focus on actual policy. I want to I remind you what's at stake, because as the Democratic corporate establishment continues to write us into this iceberg, that is Joe Biden as the nominee, they continue to push for this, despite the obvious that Joe Biden, and I'm about to show you in a little bit, his supporters look like they are in a hostage situation rather than actual ex- excitement for a candidate. The Democratic Party establishment is knowingly pushing a candidate that, frankly, we could say what we want about Hillary Clinton, not a fan, is worse than Hillary Clinton ever was. He's the worst candidate. He's got a longer track record and he will lose worse to Donald Trump. They are knowingly, knowingly doing this when the risk of Donald Trump is so unbelievable. I don't know if you saw this. Take a look at what Donald Trump said to his friends on Fox News. We're sending more to Saudi Arabia and Saudi Arabia is paying us for it. You know, we're doing something that nobody's ever done. I said to Saudi Arabia, we have a very good relationship with Saudi Arabia. I said, listen, you're a very rich country. You want more troops? I'm going to send them to you, but you've got to pay us. They're paying us. They've already deposited $1 billion in the bank. We are going to help them. But these rich countries have to pay for it. South Korea gave us $500 million. They never gave us it. They gave us $500 million. I said, you got to help us along. We have 32,000 soldiers in South Korea protecting you from North Korea. You've got to pay. And they gave us $500 million. I mean, you saw that. In case you missed that, in case you missed that, that was the president of the United States saying that he's willing to use our military as a mercenary force. Not only that he's willing to use our military as a mercenary force, that he already has used our military as a mercenary force. Donald Trump just said on national television, you want more troops You want us to send our men and women to you to kill Yemenis, help you kill Yemenis women and children? You better pay up, buddy. This is not a commander-in-chief. This is a commander-in-profit. Can you imagine giving this man four more years? He has no issue starting wars if it means profit for the United Corporations of America. He doesn't look at men and women in the troops. I don't blame the troops. I blame the leaders sending them to these terrible wars. He sees men and women not as human beings. He sees men and women as just numbers on a balance sheet to be sent. Yemeni genocide. So you have the president of the United States. I I barely even saw that. That is outrageous. Can you imagine for a second if Bernie Sanders ever said anything like that? That 
he would equate soldiers with um, making money? If it was Barack Obama or anybody but Trump, Fox News would be having a f***ing coronary. So on one end, Trump is looking to, I mean, we already knew that the United States soldiers were mercenary troops. We're sending them around the world to steal people's oil, uranium, and all that. But the president of the United States is openly saying, uh, give me the money. I'll send the troops wherever you'd like it. We'll drone for food. So that's number one. But the stakes are even higher. I don't know if you saw this. Trump proposes change to environmental rules to speed up highway projects, pipelines, and more. I'm not going to read you the whole article, but Trump on Thursday proposed fundamental changes to 50-year-old regulations in an effort to speed up new mines, pipelines, and hundreds of other projects around the country, including some that could harm the environment and accelerate climate change. The move also could prevent communities from having much say about what gets built in their backyards. Flanked by members of his cabinet and labor leaders, as well as construction industry representatives and hard hats, Trump told reporters at the White House that his proposal will allow highways to be built in a small fraction of the time. So what this rule is, the proposed rules would narrow the scope of the National Environmental Policy Act, shorthand NEPA, NEPA, which requires federal agencies to assess the impact of a major project before a spade of dirt is turned and to include the public in the process. The change would mean that communities would have less control over some projects built in their neighborhoods. Environmental groups, tribal activists, and others have used the law to delay or block a slew of infrastructure, mining, logging, and drilling. So shorthand, what what NEPA is is the environmental rule that even though it did not it was not successful in this case it allowed for example the Standing Rock Sioux tribe or the Cheyenne River Sioux tribe or Greenpeace it allows them to sue um, the US Army Corps Energy Transfer Partners, which was the parent company of the Dakota Access Pipeline. Donald Trump is basically trying to get get rid of the main environmental rule that makes corporate corporations, private interests, have to actually show that their fracked gas pipelines, their crude oil pipelines, are not going to poison the water, poison the air, kill the animals, destroy the planet, destroy sacred native lands. Granted, uh, our judges, our politicians are all bought off by big oil. So even with uh, NEPA, it's more times than not, these projects go through. But there are cases with or really great organizing between Native American tribes, environmental groups, that they... that. These projects are delayed and stuck in the courts. What Trump's trying to do is erase that. What Trump is trying to do is erase that. So you have a president of the United States in one clip saying, yeah, I'll send our soldiers anywhere. Just pay us money. We don't send soldiers to actually defend the country. We send soldiers to make more profits for the country. That's what he just said. And now you have him literally going around trying to cut work around 
deregulate the lone environmental rule that actually can delay the fracked gas and crude oil pipelines that are doing more to inflame the inferno. I don't call it climate change anymore. I call it the inferno. That's what it is. Go look in Australia. He's trying to basically get rid of it. So if anything, right, if there wasn't a time for the corporate democratic establishment to say, you know what, we think Bernie Sanders is radical, but the, the planet is on the line, our military is on the line, and we're going to support whoever is the best candidate to defeat Donald Trump, even if we're not comfortable with Bernie Sanders. If there was ever a time for that, now is the time. Well, let's just say they're doing the opposite. And as I've been telling you basically for a year now, excuse me, my glasses are foggy. As I've been telling you basically for a year, uh, this, is, this is a train wreck. This is the Titanic. I mean, Joe Biden has, figure this, Joe Biden has less enthusiasm on the ground than Hillary Clinton had. Joe Biden, I want to show you a clip. It, it, uh, I, I'm going to tell you what I think after. Look how enthusiastic these supporters are for Joe Biden. Let's take a look. Um, hi, it's Finnegan here. We're in Waterloo with 23 days left to the Iowa caucus. And we're going to give you 23 reasons why Joe Biden. He can beat the NRA. Uh, he likes ice cream. He has the experience. He knows the foreign policy. He wants to protect and expand on the Affordable Care Act. He can restore, he can restore the soul of this nation. LGBTQ rights. Joe Biden. People trust Joe Biden. Uh, he stands up for working class values. He's an incredible person all around. He's got the experience and age. A lot of them don't like that, but we need that today. He's an incredibly genuine man. He's going to get us back into the Paris Climate Accord. He has empathy. Climate was mine, so I'm going to reiterate that. Climate change. <laughs> <laughs> he commands respect on the world stage. Uh, he uh, knows how to be a strong leader uh, and lets other world leaders know who he is. And going to do gun reform. He can start today and take over and be the one to start today. We don't have to have somebody go in there or be in there that has to learn it. He knows it. He has zero tolerance for malarkey. He is just a humble and genuine human being who can represent the United States to its fullest capacity. He can beat Trump like a drum. Four more years of Ray-Bans. He like and the trains. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I don't want to offend the fine, fine people of Iowa. Is this a political endorsement or a hostage situation? He likes ice cream. He'll beat Trump like a drum. He has zero tolerance for malarkey. It looks like 
I'm just speculating. It looks like there was people holding, like, cue cards for them to read. That looks like a hostage situation to me. And this is what you're seeing. Marcus is seeing it in the field. He's in Iowa for several weeks. There's very little enthusiasm for Joe Biden. And we see that now reflected in the polls. And, I, you know, I want to be consistent. I don't take all of these polls with a, as gospel. I don't, you know, I'm not going to be like criticize the ones where Bernie's not in first, but now be like, he's in first, so we got to trust it. I take it all with a grain of salt. I think Iowa in particular is definitely up for grabs. But what I do know is a strong pattern of polls has showed Joe Biden in either third or fourth in Iowa and New Hampshire. And we have the latest Des Moines Register poll, which I'm told is the gold standard, has Bernie at 20, Warren at 17, Mayor CIA, Pete Buttigieg, excuse me, at 16, and Vice President Joe Biden at 15%. I got, I got to tell you something. They could talk about Joe Biden's support among black people till the cows come home. And he does have support among black people. But you want to know something? In 2007 and 2008, what Hillary Clinton was leading in South Carolina in 2007. Well, and then Barack Obama won Iowa. And boy, did things change. So I'm not saying Joe Biden would lose South Carolina. But Joe Biden right now, potentially, can lose Iowa and come in third or fourth. He could lose New Hampshire and come in second or third. He could lose Nevada, which comes before South Carolina. How is Joe Biden the strongest candidate if not only that he's a candidate, he's the last vice president? How is he the strongest candidate in a general election if he loses Iowa, New Hampshire? Yes, they are overwhelmingly white, but he's still the last vice president. We're still told he's the best candidate to defeat Donald Trump. And if he then loses Nevada, which is a lot more diverse particularly among Latinos, how, how are they going to make the case? And, of course, now that, Joe, now that Bernie Sanders is on, on the real clear politics average, uh, leading in Iowa, he's also, I believe, leading in New Hampshire or very close. Now they're doing whatever they possibly can to... Play a game of make-believe. Led by... Oh, God, this was really bad. This was really bad. I hope you've eaten. I know in the West Coast watching, it's it's only about 9.45 in the morning. Let's see, uh, you know, how our friend Joy Reid and her gang... Let's see how they responded to this. I mean, you just can't make can't make it up. John said the gold standard. This is it. When it came out last night at, at 7 o'clock or whatever time it came out, Eastern Time, I looked at it and went... No way in hell is this right. But it has to be right because it's, it's Des Moines, right? Yeah. It's the Des Moines Register and CNN. And so, I, I, I mean, I just don't see this. I think a lot can change between now and the day of those caucuses. And I don't, these numbers, they tell me something at 30,000 feet. They tell me nothing on the ground in Des Moines or Dubuque or anywhere else. That's my takeaway from it. Right, because there doesn't seem to be a coherent message, right? So, so you had Buttigieg doing right. really well, and then all of a sudden he's not. Like, w- did something change? Right. Did something happen to make this uh, electorate move from being, because he's more in that moderate camp, to move all the way to Sanders? Well, did something change? I think, listen, 
I think what's happened is, is that these top four campaigns have so many staff on the ground and are doing so many house calls, et cetera. And, 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 the, and the, the members are there, the senators are there, and, and Mayor Pete's there quite a bit. So either they aren't liking his message and they liked it a month ago, or something's off in the poll. And I don't know what that means. I mean, it's not yeah. like he's changed his message. He just went up on TV down here in South Carolina. I saw it this morning at 6.30. It was a damn good ad. I assume he's on TV in Iowa. If he's not, perhaps that's why he's down nine points. But the point is, is that I just think people aren't convinced yet. They're yeah. just not convinced. Yeah. Yeah. And I as we get closer and closer, they will make a decision. Yeah. Can I, I just want to add, do you think we have to remember is Bernie Sanders is a known quantity in Iowa. He ran right. in 2016. Yeah. And in 2016, yeah. one of the things that he did really well was caucuses. Yeah. He did better in caucuses than the primary. And people see him as authentic. Bernie Sanders has been spending a lot of time in Iowa as well as, uh, as Warren. Did something happen? Did something happen? I've been asleep for the last two months. Did something happen? Oh, joy. By the way, uh, that Jimmy Williams, I didn't even realize. Apparently, he blocked me, so I couldn't find this tweet, but somebody took a screenshot. Uh, take a look at Jimmy Williams. Does he have, does he, you think he's a little biased against Bernie Sanders? And people ask me why I don't like Bernie Sanders. Can't spell right, but that's okay. This is exactly why I can't stand the man. She stole the election. Like, who raised this psychopath? This was him four days ago referencing something... I guess a voter said in April 2019, uh, I don't know what the voter was talking about. I guess Bernie Sanders supporter admits she voted for Trump as a joke. I guess that voter was referencing Hillary Clinton stealing the election. I don't know. But Joy Reid has a political analyst on who hates Bernie Sanders, calls his supporters psychopaths to play make-believe on the poll. Well, let me explain what happened, Joy Reid. And I don't want to white-splain. I'm a white dude. Joy, Joy Reid is obviously black. But if she talked to black people in South Bend, I think she'd understand why Pete, Pete Buttigieg is not well-loved among the black community. But let me just explain what happened to Joy since she's struggling with this one. Pete was found in a wine cave in Napa Valley with 150 crystals as a chandelier, fundraising with lobbyists, fundraising with plutocrats in a wine cave. It got a lot of media attention. Then he was shown doing a walk of shame out of a fundraiser on Park Avenue in New York City that activists tracked him down. The media didn't challenge him. It had to be activists. It was shown that Pete Buttigieg is a younger, more coherently speaking, Joe Biden. And people don't like it. It was also shown because white people in Iowa might not necessarily instinctually uh, have the have such concerns about what did he what did he do to the black community in South Bend? What did he do for the black community? But white folks in Iowa are very smart, and they're like, uh, we don't want to vote for a guy who's got two percent black support. Hell no, we won't vote for him. And uh, Pete lost nine points in that Des Moines Register poll. It's just unbelievable. It's, it's truly unbelievable. Oh, and, and let's see CNN. You know, because imagine if for a second, if the Des Moines Register poll just showed Joe Biden up three points. 
Imagine if CNN would sound like this if it was Joe Biden up by three points. And these new poll numbers underscore the high stakes way better than any adjective could. Take a look at these numbers. There's no real leader when you look at Iowa. It's a four-way muddle at the top. Senator Sanders on top. Senator Warren out the top six here. Let's take a look at how it's changed since our last poll. That was in November. Senator Sanders is up some. That is worth watching as you get closer to the vote. He clearly has some momentum. Pete Buttigieg down a bit. Everyone else essentially the same. Andrew Yang up a little bit. Elizabeth Warren up a little bit. That's margin of error stuff there, though. Senator Sanders, though, senses some momentum as we go forward. Here's something that helps Senator Sanders as you get in a close race to a caucus, a different organization. Nearly half of his supporters, 49 percent, say they're extremely enthusiastic about their choice. Energy and enthusiasm matter anyway, especially in a caucus setting. Only a third of Elizabeth Warren's voters say that. Mayor Buttigieg and the former vice president have a bit of a problem. Only a quarter of their voters say they're extremely enthusiastic, so they need to juice that up as you get closer to the caucuses. We've had four polls in Iowa in the last seven months. Again, these aren't leaders, really, because it's been close, but there's been a different candidate on top in each of those four polls. It tells you how much turmoil, how unsettled the race is. Biden, Warren, Buttigieg, now Sanders. Here's another way to look at that. The votes, again, are three weeks from tomorrow. Three weeks from tomorrow. Only four in ten Iowa Democrats say, I have made up my mind. 45% say they could change their mind. 13% say they still have no first choice. So it is wide open in Iowa, the first vote of 2020. Sanders, among all the candidates deciding, it's time to get more aggressive. Looking at my rivals, to Elizabeth Warren in a minute. Listen here. This has been consistent throughout the week. Bernie Sanders sees an opening to go after Joe Biden on an issue we heard a lot about against Hillary Clinton, the Iraq War. Oh, boy. You know what's amazing to me? They say Bernie has a little bit of momentum, even though he's up several points, just a little bit of momentum. And Pete dipped a bit. He dipped a bit. Do you think dipping nine points is a bit? Nine points is not a bit. Nine points down is a freaking free fall. But what I love is CNN. And by the way, I actually, in this case, agree. Even though Bernie's up by three points, it is margin of error. It is kind of a toss-up. I think the polls matter less than the organizing on the ground because it is a caucus, but I can tell you what, CNN would not be talking this way if it was Biden at 20%. CNN would not be talking this way if it was Elizabeth Warren up 3%. But because it's Bernie, it's all understated. It's all minimized. And CNN, as Bernie is in the lead, CNN is now having loser Clinton advisors on to make this to make this ridiculous argument that Bernie Sanders hasn't actually been criticized or vetted. The land of make-believe continues. Let's take a look. I think up until now, the media has not taken Bernie Sanders that seriously. And it's, he would say and, the same thing. And yes, he would. He's he complained, complained and, he's, that. and he's been right. Hmm. Um, but I do think that one of the things that will happen with this poll or with a victory in Iowa is we will begin to look at, you know, Bernie Sanders and Elizabeth Warren, both uh, Elizabeth Warren says, I have Bernie's plan. Yeah. She's been excoriated for her, her Medicare for all plan mm. for the fact that it doesn't add up. Well, how can he's admitted plan, his how, <laughs> we're going to have to pay for it? <laughs> he's, he's basically admitted, I don't know how we're going to pay for it. I'll just raise taxes. Yep. Um, so I think there's there there is a little bit of a reckoning. But, hmm. you know, as as someone told me yesterday, uh, just like Trump, Sanders has a hard floor of supporters. It doesn't matter what he right, does, says. Right. 
but he has a limited ceiling of supporters also. So once, you know, if, if this narrows down further, when you get to a more diverse population, blacks, Hispanics, I think it's a little bit tougher. So what's amazing to me about that, what's amazing to me about that is factually, factually, he's completely wrong. But because this is CNN, because facts don't matter, the facts don't matter. Number one, when he, when he says uh, Bernie Sanders' Medicare for All plan, nobody's asked him how is he going to pay for it. Read it. He outlines how he's going to pay for it. And he's been very clear. Right now, if you work for a company, you have taxes taken out for Medicare. Even if you're not of age, you get a certain percentage of your paycheck, Medicare taken out. That percentage is going to go up. Because, so as a tax, it will go up. If you don't work, if, if you don't work for a company where your Medicare tax gets taken out, you will have, to, you know, your taxes will go up a little bit, but your copays go away, your premiums go away, your deductibles go away, all of that away. By the way, those things, premiums, copays, deductibles, they're all a tax. It's just called something different. So he has said how he's going to pay for it. They just don't want universal health care. They don't want government as a single payer because it will hurt the private health insurance industry, which CNN and MSNBC never disclose. A lot of the Clinton and Obama advisors and, and surrogates and, and zealots on their airwaves bashing Medicare for all, making claims that Bernie hasn't said he's going to pay for it, even though he has. Work for companies involved with the private health care in, uh, industry. Joe Biden, frankly, borrowing his best Donald Trump toupee. Because Joe Biden is now, and his advisors, are now going around pretending that his record isn't his record. Pretending that he didn't actually vote for the Iraq war or... He voted for it, but he didn't really vote thinking they were going to go to war. This is what he has the former Secretary of State, John Kerry, going around the country saying. I mean, look at this from John Kerry from the no malarkey bus in Iowa. You can't make this up, folks. Called it appalling that after 18 years, Joe Biden still refuses to admit he was dead wrong in the Iraq war, the worst foreign policy blunder in modern American history. Given what you know about the region and how Iran was essentially empowered by that, why, why doesn't he just call it a mistake? Well, I think, uh, I, I, in fact, uh, Margaret, I think that uh, Bernie regrettably is distorting Joe's record in the following sense. I mean, he doesn't have what Joe Biden has, which is eight years of sitting on the National Security Council and demonstrating his judgment, whether it was on his leadership dealing with the migration that was flowing across our border and helping to resolve that with the presidents of those countries, or um, his uh, work pulling troops out of Iraq and negotiating that and working as perhaps the lead point man on that effort. I, I think that, that uh, I know very well what Joe's position was because I answered those questions back in 2002, 2000, 2003 and 2004 um, and it was very clear that uh, what we were doing was listening to a president who made a pledge that he was going to 
do diplomacy, that he was going to exhaust diplomacy, build a coalition. And ultimately, we learned, as Joe did and I did, that the intelligence was distorted. So Joe spoke out and criticized. Joe was against what they were doing. The vote was not a vote specifically to go to war. It was a vote for the president to have leverage uh, with respect to getting Saddam Hussein back to the negotiating table, back to the inspections, excuse me. And uh, uh, I think we were let down, and Joe has said many times that it was a mistake, obviously, to trust the words of, uh, of the administration who, who didn't follow through on what they said they were going to do. And I invite you to go back, read my speech on the floor and others, where right. I said this is not a vote specifically to let the president go to war. So I think Bernie is trying to drive a wedge in there. I understand that. Uh, John Kerry is just straight up lying. And frankly, uh, I, I, I'm not a soldier. I don't have any family that was in the military. But if I was an Iraq war veteran, if I was the family, uh, a family of a soldier who died, if I was the family of a soldier who is alive but missing legs, missing limbs, PTSD, suicidal thoughts, has not been able to... Um, re-enter society in, in a mentally healthy way, I would be extremely outraged. Let me, let me, let me just, if, if, if people don't understand, here is H.J. Resolution 114, 107th Congress, authorization for use of military force against Iraq Resolution of 2002. It doesn't say authorization for use of dipl diplomatic negotiations. It says use of military force against Iraq. Uh, what in God's name are these people talking about? Oh, and, you know, if, if you need a reminder... There's Joe Biden voting for it in the Senate. If you, if you're so, let's say you're so naive that you actually buy the bull that they're selling. That, oh, Biden voted for it, but he didn't actually vote thinking or agreeing or authorizing George Bush to go to war. He was voting for it to give Bush and Cheney, who... Biden's no idiot. He was in the Senate for 20 years before that. He knew that George W. Bush was trying to make up for Papa Bush's Gulf War disaster. He knew that Dick Cheney was a epic warmonger who was pulling the strings of Bush's brain. He knew that Donald Rumsfeld and George Tenet and Paul Wolfowitz, he knew, Biden knew who was really running the show here. It wasn't George W. Bush. Joe Biden, not only did he vote for the war, not only did he vote for the war, not to give George Bush a you know, another tool in the diplomatic toolbox to send boots on the ground, as Bernie Sanders' campaign is finally pointing out. I don't know what took him so long. Maybe they watched me because I showed you this clip last week. I showed you this clip last week. So finally, they're putting it out. This is uh, from Bernie Sanders' campaign, uh, David Sirota, his speechwriter. Joe Biden, if he was so duped 
Why was it that he was saying things like this four months after the war in Iraq started? Some of my own party have said that it was a mistake to go to Iraq in the first place and believe that it's not worth the cost, whatever benefit may flow from our engagement in Iraq. But the cost of not acting against Saddam, I think, would have been much greater. And so is the cost, and so will be the cost, of not finishing this job. The President of the United States is a bold leader, and he is popular. The stakes are high, and the need for leadership is great. I wish he'd use some of his stored-up popularity to make what I admit is not a very popular case. But I and many others will support him when he makes the case. Okay. Well, since the CBS anchor isn't an actual journalist, let me tell you something. CBS has way more resources than little old status quo. This is ridiculous. This is like Donald Trump claiming, oh, I saw thousands of uh, Muslims on a rooftop cheering on 9-11. This is like Donald Trump uh, saying he was against the Iraq war when he's on Howard Stern's show saying he's for the Iraq war. This is like Hillary Clinton saying, well, I have a public position and a private position. Honestly, if Joe Biden had any integrity, he'd say, I was wrong. I've learned from it. It was a disastrous decision and I'll regret it for the rest of my life. It, it, it wouldn't bring any of the troops back. It wouldn't bring any of the Iraqis who have been slaughtered because of our reckless, immoral war. But at least he'd have a little moral integrity here. But what's just appalling about the whole thing is John Kerry, John Kerry, who was Secretary of State, who was the Democratic nominee in 2004, is lying on behalf of, uh, on behalf of Joe Biden. He didn't vote for the war. Because he had sat down and had tea with George Bush. And George Bush said, no, no, we're not going to send ground troops. But if you give me authorization, it will give me some leverage with Saddam to bring him back to the table. Joe Biden knew who he was dealing with. These were neocons. These were warmongers. These were people next to Bush who were trying to take out Hussein since the 1980s. And if he thought he was duped by George Bush and he didn't actually think that George W. Bush was going to go to war or his vote wasn't actually to give Bush the authority to send ground troops, then why was he uh, four months later saying George Bush is a hell of a guy? George W. Bush is a popular leader. I support him. We need to finish the job. Bernie, I hope, I hope, Bernie, and we're going to get to his campaign taking off the gloves, but Bernie... Bring it on Tuesday night. Bring the receipts, Bernie. Wonderful graphic by our own Colin Tooley. So, I mean, this is all just bullshit. 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 And the media just covers it up. So, I've established that Joe Biden is an absolute train wreck. And now, finally, finally, maybe Bernie's been watching. Bernie is taking the gloves off. Let's start with this. Look, I, Joe and I are friends, and, and I truly like Joe. 
But what is imperative is that we defeat Trump, the most dangerous president in modern history. And that means you're going to have to have a huge voter turnout. You're going to have to get working people excited. You're going to have to get young people excited. Joe Biden voted and helped lead the effort for the war in Iraq, the most dangerous foreign policy blunder in the modern history of this country. Joe Biden voted for the disastrous trade agreements like NAFTA and permanent normal trade relations with China, which cost us millions of jobs. You think that's going to play well in Michigan or Wisconsin or Pennsylvania? You know, Joe Biden has been on the floor of the Senate uh, talking about the need to cut Social Security or Medicare or Medicaid. Joe Biden uh, pushed a bankruptcy bill which has caused enormous financial problems for working families. So if we're going to beat Trump, we need turnout. And to get turnout, you need energy and excitement. And I just don't think that that kind of record is going to bring forth the energy that we need to defeat Trump. Bernie! Bernie! Taking the gloves off! Bernie Sanders! Going for the KO! You also have Bernie's campaign with, I mean, Trump's outrageous assassination of Iraqi uh, Iranian commander Soleimani. Bernie's campaign is calling out Biden for lying about his Iraq war record. record. Jeff Weaver, senior advisor, quote, It is appalling that after 18 years of Joe Biden still refuses to admit he was dead wrong on the Iraq war. The worst foreign policy blunder in modern American history, Jeff Weaver, senior advisor of the campaign, said. Unlike 23 of his Senate colleagues who got it right, Biden made explicitly clear that he was voting for war, and even after the war started, he boasted that he didn't regret it. So, and this is in response to Kerry going around the country lying about Joe Biden's war record. You also have uh, the great Nina Turner. This is an op-ed she wrote in an influential South Carolina paper. Uh, It's called The State. Headline, while Bernie Sanders has always stood up for African Americans, Joe Biden has repeatedly let us down. Let me throw that in the chat for those of you who want to read it. You have uh, Bernie Sanders' press secretary, Brianna Greyjoy, Joy Gray, excuse me. I wish the media political figures were as concerned about how Joe Biden's bad judgment has hurt black people as they are about the horse race. If they cover the substance of the article, they'd have to admit that the critique is true. Trump won't hesitate to talk about it. And she's referencing uh, Nina Turner's story. So in my view, Bernie Sanders' campaign has learned from its mistakes in 2016, uh, if you want to play nice, go get a dog. If you want to be friends with Joe Biden or Hillary Clinton, go get a dog. This, you are in a knife fight for the presidency. You, if you're the Bernie Sanders campaign, you are up against not only, you're not talking about just the corporate media. You're not just talking about um, the entire Democratic Party. You're not just talking about all of the think tanks. You're talking about the whole damn world, the global capitalist elite. That's that's what you're up against. If you are a credible 
progressive challenger for the American presidency. I, I, I wish you would stop saying, listen, Joe Biden's a friend of mine. To hell with that. And to tell you the truth, I'm not a campaign advisor, but I'm happy to see uh, David Sirota put out the clip that I reported on last week. I don't, I don't know if they saw it here. I, I won't take credit for it. But what's unbelievable to me, I need Bernie Sanders. If I'm Bernie Sanders' campaign manager, if I'm Bernie Sanders' advisors, you need to start going after him on his phony middle-class Joe when it comes to the labor unions. Uh, one of the, Biden's biggest strengths, one of the reasons that he has working class support is because he has been uh, labeled this friend of unions. He is not a friend of unions. Let Put aside NAFTA for a second, which he voted for. Put aside that he was pushing Hillary Clinton to support the TPP as the Democratic nominee. Put that aside for a second. Joe Biden is taking money from companies that uh, bash unions. Joe Biden is t- is has lobbyists who are fundraising tens of thousands of dollars for his campaigns that are union busters. Joe Biden did a, one of his first fundraisers with was with Comcast, a union buster. I think Bernie Sanders not only needs to talk about the votes that uh, Joe Biden has taken. Who you are is who you surround yourself with. Joe Biden is taking money with a who's who from Wall Street, from the healthcare industry, from big real estate, from Silicon Valley that are major union busters. Let him defend it on stage during that debate. Let him explain why are you doing fundraisers with Comcast, who has a history of bashing unions. You got Joe Biden here, who's a lot of his support comes because people think he is pro-union. He's not pro-union. I, I report on his fundraisers all the time. He's taking money from lobbyists. He's taking money from Wall Street executives. He's taking money from fossil fuel executives. He's taking money from um, major, major uh, people from the defense industry. He's taking money from companies that bash unions, that bust unions, that try to weaken unions. And by the way, He's taking money from financial lawyers who represent companies that don't want to collectively bargain. They defend. They defend in court. Skadden Arps. I just did a report on his fundraiser with Skadden Arps, which is a massive uh, lobbying firm, a legal firm, excuse me, that represented DuPont, that represented Pfizer, that represented J.P. Morgan, Bank of America. They also represent banks. They also represent corporations in avoiding uh, in in avoiding having to pay union dues, health benefits, and things like that. So it's great that Bernie is finally hitting him hard on Iraq bankruptcy bill. I'd like to see him bring up the fact that Joe Biden voted to repeal Glass-Steagall, which is why we had the two thousand eight financial crash. I'd like to see him mention that Joe, Joe Biden led the charge in the Senate to uh, deregulate uh, derivatives, which also led to the financial crash. Joe Biden, as vice president, went around Barack Obama and agreed to a deal with Mitch McConnell to extend the Bush tax cuts. This was in 2011 or 12. And Joe Biden is, make, is funding his campaign by a who's who 
of the corporate elite, many of whom are no friend of labor unions. It, Joe Biden, it, 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 I, I understand there's a fine line and you don't want to go too hard where it alienates some of Joe Biden's voters and the corporate media is going to say, oh, Bernie's not being nice. So oh, Bernie's playing negative. But it's now or never. You need to sow those seeds of doubt and you need to inform a lot of these uh, people making $50,000 or less or only having high school degrees. A lot of Biden support makes only makes 50000 or less or only has high school degrees. You need to disav- you need to get in their uh, minds and inform them. Uh, There's a lot you don't know about this guy. There's a lot you don't know. About this guy. So. I hope we're just seeing the tip of the iceberg. I hope this is the beginning 